Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I am the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. Uh, we are sharing several mini episodes in the coming days and weeks uh, that is focused purely on how to overcome the challenges posed by coronavirus. Uh, so we are talking to restaurant industry professionals across the spectrum from operators to vendors to consultants to data analysts trying to get to the bottom of some of the creative ideas and solutions that are out there uh, for tackling these challenges and just keeping your business afloat and surviving through this season, which we do not know how long it will be. Uh, but we figure uh, there is no amount of information or communication that is too much. We're just going to share all of the ideas, all of the solutions we're hearing from folks um, so that you can be best prepared with some practical tips to take to your business and, and try to uh, try to improve things, try to keep afloat in these crazy times. We are also doing that on QSR's website, of course, qsrmagazine.com. If you go there, go to qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. You will find all of our headlines um, covering the various news and insights uh, that are coming out of the industry and should hopefully help you uh, be able to navigate through this time as well. Again, that's qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. Uh, and we will continue to share um, these interviews in the coming days and weeks ahead. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, please go check out our archives. There are a ton of really helpful interviews with fast casual founders, innovators, and entrepreneurs that I think you'll find incredibly valuable. Uh, we will get back to those interviews in the next week or two. Uh, but for now, we do feel it's really important to share uh, these perspectives from around the industry uh, of what we should do and how we should navigate um, through this really complicated time and through uh, this downturn in business due to uh, the coronavirus. Uh, before I ju jump into my next conversation, I do want to throw a shout out to my friend Kyle Stay of staytech.co. Um, Kyle helped me improve my microphone situation. Guys, I am a Luddite. I am not great with technology. Kyle is my technology guru and helps me through all this. So whereas the last couple of episodes, I sound terrible and I'm talking through my um, uh, my computer microphone. He taught me how to hook up my podcast microphone. So things sound fancy and fresh and awesome, just how I like it as a podcast fan and audiophile. So that is a big thank you to Kyle Stay of staytech.co. Really excited for this next conversation I'm about to share with you. It's with Zach Goldstein. He is the CEO and founder of Thanks. Uh, Thanks is a CRM and digital engagement platform uh, that really many, many restaurant companies uh, in this industry use uh, for their loyalty programs and to really understand who their customers are and to really tap into the data to, to know more about their customers and their use occasions and all the other data points that restaurant companies need to be able to evolve their brands and really communicate um, the right offers uh, to those loyal guests. Zach reached out to me because he has some really interesting research and data um, from the last couple of weeks that he thought might be useful for listeners. But even beyond that, there, there was so much interesting information that we talked about in this conversation, especially in talking about how you should prepare your business for what comes next, how to think beyond the coronavirus in this season of coming you know, weeks and maybe months and whatever uh, happens in that time. Of course, it's important to know how to get through um, these challenges. But, but Zach really wants to make sure that people know um, how to prepare their business for um, you know, the growth that will hopefully come after that. So rolling now into my conversation with Thanks founder and CEO, Zach Goldstein. 
All right, Zach Goldstein, the CEO of Thanks. Zach, thanks for joining me today. Tell me about, um, you know, as, a, as somebody who uh, oversees this company that is a, a CRM provider for countless restaurant companies, you have access to just a lot of data and what's going on for the last couple of weeks in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing happen across the restaurant industry today. Yeah, Um Glad to be with you today, and and the impact is is quite severe, as as I know uh, you've you've chronicled. Um, we've seen steady declines starting roughly a couple weeks ago, um, and getting increasingly worse. Restaurants are uh, off between twenty and a hundred percent of their normal sales. Uh, it's it's less severe in certain categories of QSR, particularly mm-hmm. ones that already had. Uh, sizable drive-through or off-premise um, dining. It's much more severe in businesses that were 100% uh, exclusively on-premise. Uh, and yeah. so, as you go up to higher-end fine dining or even higher-end casual dining, uh, the decline is 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 quite serious. And then it's obviously um, been even more so in cities, San Francisco, New York, that are seeing full quarantine and lockdown, mm-hmm. um, up to the point where we're seeing. Uh, a reasonable number of restaurants, even ones that have sizable digital volumes, um, choosing to shut down entirely, um, either because it's n- not economically viable to stay open or because they are feeling it important to protect uh, the health of workers. Yeah, it feels like there's two things going on here. I mean, for one, obviously, um, there's regulations and suggestions from the government about, you know, for example, closing down dining rooms. That was something that several cities and states enacted. Um, But at the same time, you also have sort of a a, a trust issue. I think a lot of consumers are uh, maybe fearful of dining out because they're afraid that maybe that that could perhaps contribute to the spread of coronavirus. Um, have you seen one or both of these in particular as, as hurting? Because in, in some degree, you know, to some degree, we have sort of laddered our way down via the regulations because it was first, it was, you know, the restaurants were doing all the sanitation. Then it was they were switching, encouraging delivery. Then it was they were closing dining rooms. Did you see a gradual drop in the sales or was it more precipitous because of that trust issue? It's been steadily getting worse, so it has been gradual, as you described. Um, the the place where the line on our charts looks pretty precipitous is when the quarantines are put into effect, uh, and you can see traffic just goes off a cliff, mm-hmm. um, and that and that makes logical sense. Uh, you know, I think there's some level of irrationality uh, that's happening right now. Um, you know, it, it, evidenced, if nothing else, in the fact that toilet paper sold out at grocery stores across the country. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, there's no reason to believe that the toilet paper supply chain has been disrupted, yet you can't find any anywhere. Right. I think it's kind of the same thing for restaurants. The, the food coming out of restaurants, especially if you're taking it off premise and taking it to go, is probably healthier than the experience of walking through a grocery. And yeah. I think we will see an over a, a correction back towards trust in restaurant food, but we're kind of on the extreme version of that right now. Um, mm-hmm. what we, what we, unfortunately, I don't think we'll see, um, uh, as quickly as many restaurants need is a movement back to dining in. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that's going to make off premise consumption, uh, digital, uh, and, and, you know, the ability to run personalized communications to your customers that represent a large portion of your revenue. Those are those are now critical muscles for restaurants to be focused on. 
Yeah, I I mean, it seems to some degree, I mean, certainly it seems very much so that QSR and Fast Casual are better equipped to get through this season than full service. You're kind of alluding to before the casual dining and fine dining particularly got hit by this. I mean, is 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 there anything that you think the casual dining restaurants could do in order to try to claw back at least a little bit and to get up there with what QSR and Fast Casual is going through right now? Yeah, we're starting to see some innovation. Um uh, on, on a couple different fronts. So uh, whether it's gift cards or pre-purchase uh, subscriptions uh, or even meal plans, uh, we're seeing some higher end restaurants that are choosing to basically embrace digital in a way that they might not have found to be on brand previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of that we're facilitating, I think some of that we're seeing some great um, other services that are that are leaning into ways that you can digitize. You know, a restaurant that might have been uh, a, a three-figure expense when you dine in, finding ways to actually package up that food uh, and make it approachable to, to pick up um, or meal kits or, um, as I mentioned, gift cards. So so some of that's happening, uh, and that's the good news. I think the challenge that many of those businesses are facing is awareness that they've made that shift. And this is where the ones that seemingly invested ahead in customer databases, CRM, loyalty, uh, are having a little bit more success because they mm. have a direct channel to their customers. And so they can they can tell their customers, uh, hey, this is a totally different way of consuming our food than you've experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, those are seeing more success. The ones that, you know, have no uh, have no direct channel to customers and previously relied on, you know, word of mouth, um, location, consistency of experience, uh, it's a lot harder to communicate that, you know, we're now open for, for prepackaged meal pickups when the consumer has never thought of you that way. Uh, and those are some of the brands we're seeing that in spite of thinking quickly on their feet, they're still really struggling. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I have seen a lot of creativity come out of the restaurant industry the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's it's really encouraging and I think a great sign for the future, which we'll get into in a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, to your point, you can do the most creative sales promotion, discount, meal kit, whatever. But if nobody knows about it, then, then what good is it really going to be? Uh, but I've also talked to some uh, restaurant folks who are trying to temper some of the communication because, there is just this wall of communication going out there right now, just from so many different companies that some people are maybe trying to fight through the noise or trying to figure out how much communication is too much communication. Do you have any thoughts on that? And what, what's the right amount of communication and how you can break through that noise? Yeah, I, my answer in, in this is actually the same in a crisis as it is uh, when you're in normal course of behavior, which is sending out blanket, untargeted messages to consumers has not been a good idea for years. Mm. Uh, the The idea that you can blast tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people with the same message and that they're going to care um, is is kind of outdated. Uh, yeah. And that's why email open rates have been declining because there's all co- sorts of filtering uh, in people's inboxes. And so th- the message that I think is always true, but even more so in a crisis, is talk to customers personally. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, that that means that uh, when you know more about your customers, when you know about their spending behaviors, when you know about uh, the last time you saw them, you can be a lot more 
personal. When you know, for instance, about whether they have historically ordered through your digital online ordering channel or whether they have exclusively dined in, you can deliver very different messages to those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you deliver a personalized message, people respond. We see it's anywhere between four and, and 10 times higher engagement rates when the message uh, comes across as personal. Mm-hmm. So it's more effort. And it also requires that you have those databases before the crisis. Um, mm-hmm. But it's worth the effort because I agree with you, just generic uh, spray and pray type marketing. It's very hard to stand out from the noise. So Zach, um, thinking about the long term, uh, obviously we don't know when this season is going to be over. We don't know how long this will be. And a lot of operators are just kind of making decisions right now for staying open for the next day. But you know, the end will come, the season will pass. And it seems like there's a lot that operators can be doing now to really set themselves up for whatever comes after this. What are some of your recommendations for what operators should be doing right now to you know prepare for that season after the coronavirus? Yeah, it's obviously very hard to think more than uh, a day or two ahead right now with things changing so rapidly uh, and with so many restaurants facing real uh, cash crunches. Uh, but but that's actually the most critical thing to do right now is to mm-hmm. be thinking long term and to position the restaurant for success when the demand does return. Uh, yeah. You know, I think about... Um, uh, it, it, one of the best examples we have of how a brand has has invested here uh, is Chipotle coming out of uh, their own health uh, issues. Uh, yeah. We saw traffic decline rapidly at Chipotle. Um, and uh, this was a brand that had not found it necessary to invest in loyalty, to invest in digital, uh, really to even change their menu ever. Uh, right. But coming out of, of that of that uh, of those challenges chipotle made two major initiatives they invested for the first time in a loyalty and crm program and they invested heavily in digital ordering allowing them to have owned pickup and delivery channels right. uh, and over the last couple of years those two initiatives have been the number one drivers of their growth mm-hmm. uh, up to the point where now you see chipotle has a lot of options for personalized marketing for free delivery through the end of March, uh, for um, promoting new menu items, things that will actually help them um, pick up excess demand as it returns. Uh, This is obviously a health issue that was not brought on (laughs) by any fault of restaurants uh, and is affecting the whole industry. But I think the lessons are are the same. Uh, Focus on uh, understanding where your revenue is coming from and capturing data, uh, which can be through a loyalty program or otherwise. Focus on owning your own digital channels so that you're not dependent uh, on third-party delivery marketplaces uh, and the commission structures therein. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think what we're what we're likely to see are the brands that have made such investments over the last couple of years uh, are able to come out of this crisis much more quickly uh, mm-hmm. and get back to normalcy sooner. Um, and so my urging is is those that have not yet that made that investment as hard as it, hard as it is to think about. Uh, uh, spending energy and money focused on technology and digitization. Uh, we're going to see a new normal on the other side of this crisis. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and that's, that's a necessity now, um, especially given that we don't know how long demand will be depressed or people will be hesitant to walk into restaurants. Uh, it's yeah. all the more critical. 
I, I really like that Chipotle example because when I think back on that time, what's so interesting is how quickly Chipotle went from sort of the golden boy to being reviled. I mean, it was just like overnight, here was this company that could do no wrong to be in this company that, you know, nobody seemed to want to go uh, dine at. But then, like, just as quickly, you know, after they got the, you know, Brian Nickel and the new team in place, really seems like just as quickly they recovered. And so I don't know what you have to say about that, but it just it just seems like there are some simple levers that restaurants can pull that can make this go pretty quickly into into a recovery. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I won't forget my personal experience of receiving uh, a mailer from Chipotle when they were at the real depth of that problem. Uh, yeah. And and on the front of the mailer, it said, dear valued customer, here's $10. <laughs> and I'm thinking, right. well, you don't know who I am. So dear valued customer <laughs> is a pretty bad start. Uh, and yeah. uh, and think of how far they've come. They, they've now really focused on who are their top customers and the uniqueness of their loyalty tiers and new ways to order ahead or to get delivery. Um, uh, you know, if, if you give consumers what they want uh, and, and, and really modernize the brand, people respond. And I think we're, yeah. we're seeing that. Uh, even before coronavirus, that was becoming not a nice to have, but a must have. Yeah. Uh, I think that's only going to become more more seriously in need um, as we have this kind of unknown length of time where the where the remnants of the coronavirus um, traffic declines. We, we don't know when they'll be fully back to normal. Right. So piggybacking off of that too, thinking about that mailer you received, I, I do think there's um, some thought here on what not to do in crisis too, right? Because Chipotle, there was a lot of lessons in how not to respond to what they went through. And it, there's going to be a lot of lessons out of this season now too, that we can learn of how not to react. Obviously, this is an emotional moment and businesses are just trying to survive. But are, do you have any suggestions for what operators should not do right now in response to the coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly no financial advisor, but um, if you talk to most financial advisors, they'd say now is not the time to sell stocks uh, just <laughs> because the market plummeted 30%. You want right. to be positioned to gain on the upside um, to, to offset some of those losses. I think of the same thing if you're a restaurant. Now is not the time to get short-sighted and make short-sighted decisions. Um, mm -hmm. This is obviously very hard when you're trying to manage cash uh, day to day and just keep operations open just to make it to the other side, you got to make some suboptimal decisions. But where you can, we're seeing leaders in the industry preserve their employees because they know that hiring and retraining is going to be very hard and that if they do it poorly, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be stuck uh, doing that as opposed to winning back customers. We're seeing yeah. businesses that um, are making uh, some, we've seen some business that have made some very short-sighted decisions uh, in terms of doing things like invalidating earned loyalty rewards because you don't want to uh, lose that margin right now when cash is so, is so important. Well, that's short-sighted yeah. because those earned rewards are the exact things that will drive high-value customers back to your restaurant when demand picks up. That's right. And so you really need to focus on being positioned to gain on that upswing because that's when winners and losers will be defined. I read a Bain study coming out of the last recession uh, that said that the businesses that invested through a downturn uh, saw a 20% uh, 
uh, higher profitability coming out of it than the ones who didn't. Uh, oh, wow. That's a big difference in terms of market share, in terms of um, um, you know brand awareness, and in terms of longevity. Uh, right. I think we're going to see that here, uh, with the obvious caveat that uh, some business will some businesses will be able to do it, and others uh, just have to hold on for the time being, and that's understandable as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, thinking about that, I mean, the good news is, is eventually this will pass. This season will be behind us. Uh, you know, maybe cold comfort for a lot of restaurant operators out there today, but eventually we can look at all of this in hindsight. Um, and just holding on to a little bit of hope, trying to look for those silver linings. I've been asking everybody just to leave us with maybe one bit of wisdom or encouragement that you could leave us for uh, to, to maybe have those good vibes and, and think about some of those silver linings to come of all of this. What, what have you got to say to listeners for a, a bit of wisdom or encouragement? This is a special industry. Um, the people that work in this industry are passionate about what they do and about each other. Yeah. We are passionate about delivering great experiences to consumers. And and the reality is uh, people want to have great dining experiences with restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so that will come back. There's There's no doubt about that. And in fact, uh, we will all get tired of cooking the four things we know how to cook, uh, and wa- and wanting to go back uh, for sure to, to, to going to restaurants. So that's going to return. I, I think that's the good news, but it's going to come with a lot of pain along the way. And uh, this is an industry that I know will be there for each other uh, and and be there to to support uh, the winners and the losers. Yeah. Um, I think that the 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 good that could come, the silver lining. Uh, is that in many ways, uh, the things that are needed in a in a coronavirus world, the ability to have novel ways of of uh, eating restaurant food that are not just uh, going into the actual restaurant, the ability to uh, have more personalized marketing uh, so that you can really build long term lifetime relationships with customers that sustain even short term uh, challenges. Those things were already becoming important. The mm-hmm. days of send out spray and pray emails have been gone for years. Uh, I think this is just going to further accelerate some of that investment in uh, modern technology uh, yeah. and in the digitization of restaurants. Uh, and and that's not a bad thing long term for restaurants, even though uh, this is a little bit uh, or a lot bit of a more painful route to getting there than we would have liked to see kind of happen organically. Yeah, and they're going to learn a whole lot about their uh, off-premises strategies moving forward. For sure. Yeah. Great. Well, Zach, that's a that's a good positive word. I really appreciate it and I appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, for joining me and uh, hopefully we can catch up a year from now and uh, check on all of that and see if indeed the, the restaurant industry has learned a thing or two from all of this. So thanks again for your time and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. Take care. Thanks.